الجزيرة بودكاست It's been a busy and bloody few days in the Holy Land. Israeli raids on a refugee camp, Palestinian rockets, Israeli airstrikes, Palestinian gun attacks, settlers burn houses, torch cars. Now the Israeli government is taking punitive measures against the Palestinians. It plans to seize the homes of families of Palestinian attackers, withhold national IDs and insurance, and make it easier for Israelis to get more weapons. But why now? Is it all about the recent events, or is it also about the new Israeli government's policy goals? Hello and welcome to Essential Middle East Podcast. I'm Sami Zaydan. Let me give you some context here. It had already been a deadly month for Palestinians in the occupied West Bank. Last week saw tensions flare up with a raid by Israeli forces in the occupied West Bank city of Jenin, which killed nine Palestinians. Palestinians say their anger comes from years of unequal treatment by people who are occupying their land. Then a Palestinian killed seven Israelis outside a synagogue in occupied East Jerusalem. We start with our breaking news story, where at least seven people, including a 15-year-old boy, have been killed in a shooting near a synagogue. Israeli medics say several people are injured. According to the Palestinian Health Ministry, at least 35 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli forces and settlers in January. Palestinians are being killed on a regular basis. The UN says at least 150 Palestinians and 20 Israelis were killed in 2022. With Israel's most right-wing government announcing tough measures, there are concerns more escalations may follow. So there's a lot for us to talk about. Let's get into it now with our guest. I am Dr. Mustafa Barghouti, the leader of the Palestinian National Initiative, joining you from Ramallah in Palestine. Good to have you with us today, Dr. Mustafa. So, first of all, let's start with where the latest Israeli measures sit with international law. I'm talking about things like demolishing homes of people who are related to those who carried out attacks, stripping people of citizenship and residency and so on. What we see here is an example of what can only be called as fascist behavior. No respect whatsoever to human rights, no respect whatsoever for people. And what we see here is acts of collective punishment that includes not only the families, but their whole community. And more than that, what we see is that settlers are allowed to carry their guns and go around and shoot Palestinians. Israeli officials will say they have to act to restore security because Israeli citizens are being killed outside synagogues. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has announced a series of measures after seven Israelis were killed and five wounded in two shootings. The move followed a four-hour meeting of his security cabinet. Don't they have a responsibility to stop that? Yeah, but what about the lives of Palestinians? The whole thing that happened in Jerusalem was only a response to what the Israeli army did in Jenin camp. They attacked Palestinians. They killed 10 Palestinians, including civilians, including a woman who was 61 years old inside her house. 
And this is only one of many acts of killing by the Israeli army, which keeps invading Palestinian cities, Palestinian towns, Palestinian streets. For them, the life of a Palestinian means nothing. If an Israeli is injured, that's a big deal. But if a Palestinian is killed, that means nothing. The main problem that we should look at is why this whole picture is happening. What is the cause? And the cause is very clear. It's 55 years of military occupation of the West Bank, Gaza, and Jerusalem. Is there a failure to deal with that? The UN Secretary General is amongst figures who have spoken about the need to deal with the root causes, occupation, and so on. What did he do? We didn't hear condemnation of the behavior of the Israeli army. We didn't hear condemnation of the fact that Palestinians are slaughtered every day. Nobody followed on the issue of investigating the killing, for instance, of Shirin Abu Akli. And Israel is allowed to be impunitive to international law. It's allowed to be above international law. So it does what it wants. And they speak about the root causes. What did the United States or United Nations or Europe do to end the occupation? International human rights groups have spoken about the importance of dealing with the occupation, and they've spoken about how it is not acceptable in international law to what they call collective punishment measures. That is not a legitimate security response. Absolutely, and that's fine. These are human rights organizations. That doesn't mean that their governments or the governments of these countries are doing anything. And what we call for is that Israel should be threatened with sanctions. The big question here is why do we see double standard? Why in the case of Russia, 10,000 sanctions were imposed in less than two months in the case of Ukraine, and not a single threat of sanctions has been exercised against Israel for 75 years. That is the problem, and that's why Palestinians are now convinced that nobody's going to help us. We have to take the matters in our hand, and we have to rely on ourselves. And even the young people in Palestine stopped believing in their leaders, in their leadership, in the Palestinian Authority. They think that nobody's doing anything to stop. It's not just the killing of people, it's everyday life. Look, we, Israel confiscates 85% of the water of the West Bank. They allow Palestinians to use no more than 50 cubic meters per capita per year, while they allow illegal settlers to use 2,400 cubic meters per year. Everything in our life is a problem. We have 645 military checkpoints all over the Palestinian territories. We lose every year 300 million hours of work because of waiting at checkpoints. We lose about 300 million of the cost of this time and the cost of extra gasoline. Our houses are demolished, no security for any Palestinian. So of course, the young people feel there is no hope, there is no future. That's a really important point. I want to ask you, these measures that the Israeli government is now talking about, are they going to really improve the security situation, even just for Israelis? Israeli media have been talking about and reporting how the head of Israel's internal security service, Shin Bet, has been resisting a push by the right-wing government 
to seal off entire Palestinian neighborhoods in occupied East Jerusalem. Actually, many Israelis are writing now about the fact that this will make the situation even worse. I think what the Israeli government is doing is nothing but what Einstein described as insanity. You keep doing the same thing and expect different results. And I think some of the Israeli leaders like Netanyahu and Ben Gvir and Smotrich are happy that there are Israeli victims. They want to escalate the situation because their ultimate goal is not the security of people. Their ultimate goal is the annexation of the West Bank. Their ultimate goal is to destroy any potential for any peace in this region. Their ultimate goal is to kill the possibility of a Palestinian independent state. And for them, escalation is very good. This is exactly what fascist behavior is about. Let things be bad and let things escalate so that we can do anything we want to Palestinians. Bengvir told the head of police in Jerusalem after what happened there, he told him, close your eyes and do whatever you have dreamt about against these Palestinians. This is the language that a minister of security is using. The same minister who was deprived from the right to serve in the Israeli army because of his extremism when he was 18 years old. This man was classified with his group, Kah Kahana movement that he belonged to as terrorist in Israel and in the United States. And this is the man who's in charge of all the troops that deal with Palestinians, whether they live in the West Bank or in 1948 areas. And now they're talking about expanding settlements. How is that going to impact any hope of a peace process? It will kill it. It's designed to kill it. The settlement building in the West Bank is designed to kill the possibility of Palestinian statehood. And this has been exactly Netanyahu's program all his life. This man in 1994 wrote a book in which he said that Oslo was wrong and that there should be no peace and no negotiations. He himself single-handedly obstructed any possibilities of negotiations with Palestinians. And it's not just Bengvir and Smotrich, as some Americans are trying to say. It's Netanyahu himself. Netanyahu is the father of extremism in this region. And he is the one who encouraged the rise of fascism and the rise of what we see today, which is nothing but a unity between extreme nationalism in Israel with fundamentalist Jewish religious fundamentalism. These are the two groups that are governing Israel today. And he's very happy with these fascists and these extremists because they give him the chance to claim that he is a little bit more moderate than these guys. Of course, I'm sure you're familiar, though, with the Israeli perspective on that, would be that it was the failure by the Palestinians to control what they call Palestinian violence, the attacks on Israelis. Palestinians are not occupying the Israelis. It's Israel that is occupying the Palestinians. Palestinians have not established the system of apartheid. It's Israel that established the system of apartheid against Palestinians. And it's a system of apartheid against Palestinians in 1948 areas, in Israel itself, in the occupied territories, and even against the Palestinian refugees who are not allowed to come home. It's Israel that conducted no less than 12 wars in this region. So Palestinians are simply trying to defend themselves with the very little means they have. And to make it look like that the side that is occupying the other and the side that is practicing apartheid against the other 
That has been the Israeli strategy all the way since the beginning of last century. They try to show themselves as victims all the time and that Palestinians are aggressors. In a sweeping report, Human Rights Watch claims that Israeli policies towards Palestinians constitute crimes of apartheid and persecution. You're right. Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, even Israeli human rights groups like Beit Salem have spoken about Israeli policies amounting to apartheid. Do you think these latest measures which Israel is taking, are they going to increase that trend? They become homeless. They are making them homeless. But is that strange for Israel that displaced 70% of the Palestinian population in 1948? They have done that to 70% of Palestinian people. They destroyed 530 Palestinian villages and towns in 1948. They committed no less than 50 huge massacres against Palestinians to force them out of their country. So these guys, Big Veer and Smotrich and Netanyahu, are just repeating the same scenario, only maybe at smaller scale today, because this cannot be hidden like it was in 1948. But their goal is really ethnic cleansing. They're planning to start with ethnic cleansing of 62% of the West Bank and an exit. Perhaps this is a good time for us to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. This week on The Take, Russia has been hit with widespread sanctions over its invasion of Ukraine, and it's continuing to spend on the front lines. But how are those costs of war being felt inside of Russia? And what consequences could it face long term? Find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. They would say this latest cycle of violence, of course, it kicked off with that Israeli raid into Janine refugee camp. But they would say this is because there's been a surge in Palestinian attacks over the last few years, the knife attacks, and they have to go into these camps to apprehend the people who are carrying out these attacks. Are they not obliged to keep law and order? No, if they keep law and order, they should keep it for us as well as Palestinians. They have a responsibility as an occupying power to care for our safety, but they don't. How many Palestinians were killed by settlers? How many settlers were taken to court for that? Yeah, UN experts actually call 2022 a year of rampant Israeli settler violence and excessive use of force against Palestinians. Exactly. And let's take the case of Shirin Abu Akhli. What did Shirin Abu Akhli do? Did she carry a gun? Did she attack anybody? She was a reporter. She was clearly marked as a press person. And they shot her and killed her. And they shot her purposefully. The sniper shot at them more than 15 shots. Her colleague was also injured in that attack. Was anybody held responsible for that? Of course not. Let me tell you my own personal experience. In 1996, there were clashes in the entrance of Ramallah with the Israeli army, and many Palestinians were injured. And I went to help a guy who was bleeding on the fifth floor in a building. I was in my white coat, because I'm a medical doctor, 
And while I was trying to stop the bleeding, a sniper saw me and shot me twice. I still carried 35 shrapnels in my back and shoulder, and I was lucky because the bullet did not hit my head. Has anybody been accountable for that? Of course not. That's a really harrowing personal story. We had a beautiful woman, Razan Najjar, was 21 years old in Gaza. Four years ago, she was trying also to help injured, saw her, an Israeli sniper, and shot her in the heart and killed her. Why? The main question here is two things, first of all, if you allow me to say that. First of all, is the life of a Palestinian equal to a life of an Israeli? Or Palestinians are subhuman beings, as Mr. Biden was trying to say when he said that we were attacking the civilized world. Second question, do the people who are under occupation and under oppression and under apartheid, do they have the right to resist occupation? Does the international law say that those who are under occupation have the right to resist even with military means or not? It says so. So why Palestinians are blamed when they try to, with very little means that they have, to resist this oppression and injustice they are subjected to. I guess the Israelis would say, and there have been criticism of some of the Palestinian tactics by the United Nations officials who've said things like firing rockets are an indiscriminate weapon that are considered a violation of international law. Look, Palestinians wanted originally a one-state solution with full democratic rights for everybody, for Palestinians and Israelis to live together. The whole world pressured Palestinians to give up that dream, the dream of one-state solution with equality for everybody, and to accept a little mini-state in the West Bank and Gaza, which would be only half of what the United Nations decided Palestinians should have in 1947 partition plan. Palestinians accepted that painful and terrible compromise and signed Oslo Agreement. Now, what do we see? That little piece, which is only 22% of the land of historic Palestine, is now occupied with settlers, is now attacked by settlers. And the Israelis are destroying Palestinian property every day. They cut off trees, they close our roads, they take away our water, they don't allow us to control our natural resources, and we are living in prisons. Yeah, but what UN officials say, what they criticize about some of the tactics of Palestinian groups to try and resist this occupation is you can't use a means that violates international law by indiscriminately targeting civilians. I agree, but is it okay to shoot Israeli soldiers? If Palestinians shoot an Israeli occupying soldier, they will also be accused of terrorism. So the question here is not about civilian or non-civilian. I am personally an advocate of non-violence all my life. But each time we engage in a demonstration with non-violence, we are attacked violently. They shoot us with everything. They shoot us with high-velocity bullets. They shoot us with tear gas bombs. They shoot us with what they call rubber bullets, which are nothing but very dangerous metallic bullets that can kill people. And in the best case scenario, it will take away the eye of somebody. 
If we use nonviolence, we are violent. If we use military struggle, we are terrorists. If we criticize verbally what's happening, like I am doing now, we will be accused that we are provocators. We are provoking the situation. It's exactly like what Israel does to the international community. Palestinians are accused of being terrorists. If somebody supports Palestinians and their right to be free, they will be called anti-Semitic. So have we been seeing, Dr. Mustafa, a trend of more individual, sometimes random, you might even say, attacks by Palestinians rather than those organized by armed groups? I think what is a reaction of young people who feel that they are in total despair, who feel humiliated every day, They are humiliated at checkpoints. They are humiliated at workplace, especially if they work for Israelis. They don't see that they can build a future. And it's not just that. Actually, with the social media of today, the young Palestinian knows what other people have. He knows what he's missing, or she knows what she's missing. They can see the life without occupation and without what human rights groups are now calling apartheid. Exactly. They look around and compare their life with the life of Israelis. They compare their life with the life of Americans, of Europeans, or even of people in Morocco or Tunisia or anywhere, and they feel depressed. Is there also a sense of disillusionment with the Palestinian formations themselves, whether it's the Palestinian Authority, whether it's Palestinian factions? Yeah, maybe we cannot generalize 100% here when you speak about factions because there are differences between one group and another. But yes, when it comes to the Palestinian Authority, they feel that the people have been cheated. When Mr. Abbas was elected in 2005, his main slogan was peace and security for everybody. And people look around and see that, first of all, there is no peace. Second, there is terrible economic hardship. And third, there is no security for any Palestinian. Any person can be killed at any moment. Is that what's creating new groups and formations like the Lions Den, these groups which have appeared in places like Janin? Yeah, but they're exaggerated. I think there is a lot of exaggeration about the groups. I think the main thing that one should look at is the wide range of how, in general, like the case of that young man in Jerusalem who took the matter into his own hand, or that 13-year-old boy. I don't know how he found a pistol and shot if he did it, but I see this little boy as a victim. He is a victim. Whether he was just shot or whether he tried to shoot himself, he's a victim of occupation. He's a victim of oppression. In other countries, when children like this do things like that, people will look into the circumstances and conditions they live in and try to rehabilitate them rather than torture them. Here, we have more than 300 children who are in Israeli jails and in terrible conditions. This Israeli huge army does not feel wrong about arresting a five- or six-year-old child just because that little child tried to throw a little piece of stone. Imagine what kind of behavior is happening here. Where is it going, Dr. Mustafa? Are the Palestinian territories or the Palestinian territory on the verge of erupting into another intifada? Yes, I am sure. With this Israeli behavior, I think we're moving in that direction, and I hope it will be mainly popular and as nonviolent as possible. 
But if people cannot go to work, if people cannot make their living, if the people's life is at threat every moment, if people feel that their children can be killed at any moment, of course, they will try to defend themselves. And uh, of course, with little means. But at the same time, they cannot just sit down and do nothing and be passive. Do you have any hope from the U.S. Secretary of State? Antony Blinken was in the region. Does this administration have a plan, do you think? No. This administration is totally like every other American administration, is totally biased to Israel. And they cannot play a constructive role. All right. Does this administration have any plan or vision? No. First of all, they don't have any vision. They don't plan to have a vision. They want only one thing, that things would be calm so they can concentrate their attention on China and on Ukraine and Russia. That's what they want. So in a way, they want Palestinians to be passive and to submit to the oppression and the system of apartheid they are subjected to. So where does that leave the prospects of peace then, given everything you're saying about the U.S.? And let's not forget the dynamic going on with the most right-wing government in Israel's history. Is peace dead? This cannot happen unless we change the balance of power between us and Israel. And this is achievable through popular resistance and by creating the strongest possible boycott, divestment, sanctions campaign worldwide against this fascist government. And by helping Palestinians... Well, the BDS to... movement is now itself being targeted with measures in the U.S., isn't it? Not only in the U.S., in so many other places, but the number of people who are joining it is much bigger than any other time. And the number of people who are convinced now that sanctions should be imposed on Israel is also greater than any other time. And I believe the combination of all these factors, plus, of course, what we need very badly, which is internal Palestinian unity, could be a good strategy to change the balance of power. All right. Been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Mustafa Barghouti. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by Khaled Sultan and our intern, Neda Shakir. Sound design was by George Elwir. Our engagement producer is Ayal Malik and our assistant engagement producer is Munira Dosari. Our recording engineer is Hamdi Aoun. Omar Saleh is our executive producer and the head of audio is Ney Alvarez. I'm your host, Sami Zaydan. For now, it's goodbye. <laughs>